Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. In today's episode, we are covering the September 3rd sermon titled To Know and Grow. So you broke from your to avoid, to avoid, to avoid sermon series title. Because Peter's landing and he's given them something to, to take away with. And so no longer are we avoiding things. Man, we're, we're going after it. So you used two video clips in this sermon. The first one was from Ghostbusters kind of giving the example of people don't like to talk about Judgment Day. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But then you used another video clip towards the end, which really, I think, brought home the image that you were trying to convey Go ahead and explain that choice. I had that come just the the night before. You know, the, it, growing up in the 60s, uh, we would always watch, once a week, one of the appointments we had was to watch Gunsmoke. And the opening scene of Gunsmoke, Marshal Matt Dillon is in a gunfight, and he steps up with all of this assurance, and he he deals with the situation. I contrasted that with a scene from The Shakiest Gun in the West, where Don Knotts' character is facing a gunfight, and he's just shaking to death. He's just terrified. And I thought, as we came to the end of Peter, that was a great picture, that Peter would want us to face life like Marshal Matt Dillon, not Don Knotts. He, he wants us to face life with certainty, with assurance, with confidence, because of what Christ has done, because of what he has instructed them about, and how he's encouraged them. So I thought that was a fitting end to, to this series on First and Second Peter. I think so, too. I mean, the first uh, several sermons were giving you knowledge of what to avoid. And once you're equipped with that knowledge, you can kind of take on the things that you need to attack, so to speak, knowing, growing. Those things you can have confidence in. You know where your target is, so to speak. So another thing that we covered in this sermon is... Um, the day of the Lord. And with that, you also talked about the day of God, which was interesting. I don't remember hearing those two things explained so clearly before. Can you explain the difference between the day of the Lord and the day of God? The day of the Lord is all about God injecting himself into human history to say enough is enough. And right now, humanity has a chance to repent uh, humanity has a chance to stave off and hold off the judgment of God. But quickly, there's going to come a time where God says, I've had enough. And that starts the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord comes as a thief, is what Peter will tell us. And that leads us to something that Paul said, that the rapture will come as a thief in the night. So the day of the Lord and the rapture start at the very same time. And that period goes for a thousand years. It's, a, well, actually a thousand and seven years. It's a period of judgment. It's a period when God says, okay, I'm acting, and, and there's nothing humanity can do to stave that off in the least bit. And that goes from the rapture through the tribulation, through the second coming of Christ, setting up his millennial reign, because remember, Peter said that with the Lord, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. And all the way through the thousand-year millennial reign, where Christ is seated in the temple in Jerusalem, 
and um, the lion lays with the lamb, and, and everything is good. That goes for a thousand years. That ends with the great white throne judgment. And then at the end of that, we have a new heaven and a new earth, and that commences the day of God. And it's interesting that Peter will end his, uh, his work by saying, uh, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And I think he's saying until the day of God, because that's what we are looking forward to. We're looking forward to the rapture, our part in the day of the Lord, but we're ultimately looking forward to the day of God, the new heavens and the new earth. And Peter says three times in verses 12, 13, and 14, waiting for the day of God, waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. And because we're waiting for these things, it should reflect in our behavior. Yeah, I think that offered a lot of clarity. And the way that these two books, First and Second Peter, came together, I think we see the authorship of Peter very clearly, the, that, that common thread, and then just the applicable things that he's telling his readers that also you know, easily apply for us today, especially when it looks for future things such as the day of God and the day of the Lord. You mentioned before we started recording that you had some, I guess, an encouraging, encouraging news from someone in the church. Do you want to share that? Yeah, I had two people say two different things. One, after the service, someone was asking me questions to clarify, um, you know, some of the things I'd said in the sermon. And I told them, just read Revelations 19, 20, 21, 22, and, and, and that will cover everything that I talked about there in the day of the Lord, the day of God. But the other thing that I had is someone said, you know, on Monday, because Monday was a holiday, my wife and I sat down and we took time to read all eight chapters of Peter, the first five chapters in First Peter and the last three that are covered in Second Peter. And they said, you know what, we, we, we felt like we knew where we were. It's not that we remembered everything in your sermon, but but we felt like it was familiar territory. We felt like, yes, he was talking to believers. He was talking to believers that were struggling with outside forces in First Peter and struggling with uh, uh, the heresy that was inside the church in, in Second Peter. And the thought hit me, because I had you know, led them through the house, so to speak, the house of Peter, when they went through it on their own, the rooms were familiar, the hallways and the, and the doorways they were familiar territory. And ultimately, we want to know our Bible in that way, for it to, to be familiar to us. Not that we'll have the answer to every single question, but that it's not no longer a mystery and, and it's hidden to us. It's made available to us. And so we read it and we understand it, and God continues to teach us through it. So I felt like that was incredibly encouraging, that someone would take the time, read through the book once we just— finished going through it in, over the past eight months, and that they would get so much out of it. And, uh, you know, I bet if they would do that again next week, they would still get more out of it. But that's the way, the, that, that's the way God works, through his word, teaching us and encouraging us to know him and to grow in our relationship with him. Yeah, that's always great to hear, not only that people are digging into the word, but that they're in that house, like you said. It's it's not scary, like you mentioned previously when we talked about Bible study methods. It is sixty six books. It's a it's a huge volume, but 
it can be very familiar and comforting and like a dear friend, you know, you know it well. Well, and I think one thing is once we get one book under our belt in the Bible, we can keep coming back to that, but we kind of have a home base. I like that book to be the book of John, people to get that book under their belt, and then they can venture out, get another book, and add another book, and add another book over the years. So it's kind of a safety net in, in so far as that goes. Absolutely. Well, thanks for breaking that down. And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.